Raphael. How's it going today? Hey, Yvonne. How are you? I am so good. It's, you know, the weather is great. This is our favorite time of the year here in Florida, right? By the time this comes out, it'll be later and it'll be hotter than hell. Right now, (laughs) we're enjoying the weather, aren't we? Yes, we are. You're right. Before it gets really, really hot. Yep. So are you excited for our guest today? I am so excited, Yvonne, because this guy, man, he is, we've known him in comp forever, but he is now like king of the world as far as risk management goes. Um, So I am so excited to be able to talk to him. Me too. So guests, grab your headphones, get ready. We have got Barry Dillard, Vice President, Risk Management of Walt Disney World. Here we go. today. Hey, Yvonne, I'm doing great. How about you? I am good. It's a good day in Tampa. Yes, ma'am. Nice weather right before it gets all hot and just muggy, right? That's right. (laughs) Are you excited for our guest today? I am so excited. You have no idea. I am so excited. Well, here, without further ado, hello, Barry Dillard. How are you today? Well, hello. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Raphael. It's good to uh, be speaking with you today. And you are joining us from? I am uh, joining you currently from my office at Walt Disney World Resort. And uh, I'm kind of in Kissimmee right now. Our, our office is in Kissimmee, Florida, but our, most of our property is Lake Buena Vista. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to talk to you. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen yet, but you know, I always joke about how many times Mr. Gonzalez says he loves our guests, so be on the li- be listening for that because he turns it up sometimes. Let's let's just give it up right now, Barry. I love you, man, I, and and I'm going to say that and repeat that so many times today. But let's just get it out there. I love Barry. Well, I love you both. <laughs> Thank you. So I have a running joke. There's going to be a, a quiz at some point, and I'm going to ask our listeners who got the most love from Mr. Gonzalez because anyway, it's a running joke. Here we go. So Barry, other than uh, appreciating the weather right now before it gets, you know, oppressively hot here, uh, what's going on with you? What you been up to? Oh, so much has been going on with us here. Um, you know, getting people back to the office is the biggest thing. Our office reopened last week. And so our folks are working on a, a hybrid basis. So a uh, minimum of two days in the office. And so unfortunately, I wasn't here. So I missed the opening day uh, uh, last week. But today is my first day in and seeing everybody has been spectacular. Uh, there are wow. people I haven't seen in two years. Wow. Uh, and then there are people who we hired over the course of the pandemic who I've never met in person. And so uh, it's been great to see them as well. All right. So just to commemorate this, this is a podcast and we're uh, today is April 19th. This will come out later. But just so listeners know, this is the first week back for um, Disney folks that are working in the office. And as you said, in a hybrid situation, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's a little different depending on where you work. So my team's. Uh, so I have, I have a big team, right? So I have about 130 people. And so not everybody sits in this office location. And so uh, my Walt Disney World folks, they started back last week, but my Disney Cruise Line team uh, are in a bit different building. And so 
uh, they started back today is their first day back and they're in a, in a different building. And so they have cool. some unique, unique challenges over in that building as compared to this building. Wow. Well, I went all off kilter already. I usually start the conversation by asking you, so I'm going to do it now. Um, let's back up a little bit. Tell us something that made you laugh out loud recently. Okay. So it's funny. Um, this movie would not be made now. It's a movie called Blazing Saddles. It's a Mel Brooks movie. And mm -hmm. I, I caught a little bit of that. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but almost any part of that will make you laugh out loud. And so uh, that's a classic. Awesome. One of my, in my family, it's one of our favorite movies. Yes, it is funny. Awesome. So getting into a little bit more of your background now, could you give us a brief summary of your educational background? What did you want to be when you grew up? Sure. So early in my, my life, I used to watch the Brady Bunch a lot. And so I wanted to be an architect like Mr. Brady. <laughs> and so, um, and so my, I started at North Carolina A&T in their architectural engineering program. And I quickly discovered that I was not very good at math, and so, um, which is kind of important in that field. And so uh, after my, my freshman year there, I transferred over to Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, both of those schools, North Carolina A&T and Hampton University are both HBCUs. And uh, so I transferred to Hampton and I ended up graduating with a degree in marketing. Uh, then once I got my career started here at Disney, with, there's some stuff in between we can talk about a little bit later, but uh, uh, I got my MBA while working here at Disney and um, I did that. I think I graduated with my MBA from Webster University um, in 2001. So doing that at night. Wow. All right. So that was the high level. So how did you get from you graduated with a degree in marketing and then what happened between that and, and arriving at Disney? Was there any in between? So there was in between. Yeah. I um, so during my final semester at, at Hampton, uh, you know, our placement office had companies come in to do interviews. And so I interviewed with Aetna uh, Life and Casualty back at the time. And so uh, ended up uh, getting shipped out to Dallas, Texas to be a claim oh. trainee in personal lines. So I was doing liability claims, whether it be personal auto or homeowners. And that's how my career got started as a trainee with Aetna. Oh. And so I did that in Dallas for a while, uh, got really good at investigations and um, then decided I want to get back to the East Coast. So I moved, I, I transferred laterally to Hartford, Connecticut, so I could get back East and continue to get better at investigations and eventually left claims and became a workers' compensation premium fraud investigator. And so that entailed just investigating insurers who would appear were trying to evade paying the full premium. Yeah. Did that for a while. And then lo and behold, uh, travelers purchased Aetna's property and casualty business. And so I became a traveler's employee. Good old travelers. Yeah. And so I worked with travelers for about a year, which is actually how I ended up in Orlando. Travelers moved me from Hartford, Connecticut, down to Orlando. And I worked in the office downtown for about a year. And then I didn't love my job. And so I, uh, I took a package and I left and I had to figure out what I was going to do next. 
And uh, the funny story is I, I saw the Disney job in the paper and I didn't know if I wanted to go back to claims. And so I didn't apply for the job. And then about 10 days later, I got a phone call from Disney about the job. And so I'm wondering, like, how'd you get my phone number? And the person on the other end of the phone did not know how they got my phone number. And all through the interview process, I'm asking, how did you get my phone number? And so it turns out that somebody I knew at Travelers who I'd given my resume to gave it to somebody at Disney. And that's how they contacted me. Wow. Wow. I think I've heard that story before. So wait a second. I want to back up a couple of notches because you said you saw an ad in the paper. (laughs) I don't don't think you're that. I mean, Raphael and I joke all the time about our age because, you know, we just do. You do not seem like you're old enough to be even talking about looking at ads for jobs in a paper. So. So listen, I'm the, I'm like the old man in the office now. I remember when I was the young guy in the office and, uh, so this is, uh, I think this is my 32nd year in the industry. I started wow. in, in 1990 uh, with Aetna as a claim rep trainee right out of college. Wow, I can't believe it. So I've got a couple of years on you. I started, so I my first, I've said this before on this, on this podcast, I started with Travelers. I was working for Conserve Co., which was a subsidiary of the Travelers. And right. I started in 1988. Yeah, so close. Guys, yeah. long time. Wow. So listeners who are young, too young to know what looking for a job in the newspaper is like, (laughs) all I can say is if we did do that at one time, it's interesting. I know, but that is how we used to do it. We did. Yeah. And so I always tell people it was fate that I worked here. Right. Cause I, I didn't apply for the job and you know, I've been here for 25 years now almost. That's really cool. I think I have heard you tell a version of that story before. So that's really awesome. So Tell us now more about your current role. So you've transitioned a little bit over the last few years since, since I've known you better, but tell us what you've done over the last few years and, and during COVID and what, what, what about your role right now? Can you tell us? Sure. So, um, and I've held several roles here. I started on the liability side and our guest claims team. And uh, I left claims after about 10 years and went into organizational development in our HR department. And came back to lead that the guest claims team again, and then became director of claims. Uh, and then I had a unique opportunity in that our uh, there were two directors, right? Claims, and then more on the risk management side. Uh, and so that person retired, and I moved into that role, right? So that I think I met you right kind of maybe around then. And so that was really dealing with um, our aviation risk management and our. Uh, you know, insurance and business continuity team and uh, things that I didn't have a lot of experience in. And so I got to do that for a few years and then I was happy as a clam. And then COVID came and uh, uh, my boss, who I think has maybe appeared uh, on the podcast at the time, my boss at the time, Michelle Adams, uh, called me into her office and said that she was going to be leaving the company. And so, uh, you know, I was distraught first, but uh, Michelle's a great friend of mine and still is. And, and so um, she left and, um, you know, we kind of had to figure out how to do it without her. And so I was doing both jobs for a while. And uh, a lot of things happened over the course of COVID, right? We mm-hmm. shut down um, many parts of our business. Walt Disney World was closed for months. 
Right. Disneyland was closed for a year. Uh, Disney Cruise Line was down for a year and a half. And wow. so, you know, furloughing our cast members and, you know, uh, a lot of things that I had to deal with kind of, you know, not being prepared, but I had been prepared. Right. So um, I finally interviewed for the role and got uh, promoted to vice president in August of 2020. Michelle left in uh, April of 2020. And so uh, I can't believe it's been that long already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been gone for a while. And so uh, so then something else happened. Right. So October of that year. Uh, my boss came to me and said, hey, you know, Disney Cruise Line's risk management team has been without a leader for a long time. Would you be willing to take them on? And, uh, you know, the, I think the biggest two reasons that I was willing to take them on is I already knew the people, right? Some of those people had worked over here before and they were like family. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity to learn uh, a new part of the business, right, that I didn't have experience in, in marine claims and, and, and all that. So it, that happened in October and so I've, I've been learning the, the cruise part of our business ever since. How interesting. So how, you like it? I do. Like I do. It's very different, right? It's not like workers comp. And um, our crew claims are, are not like workers comp. They are different and uh, challenging. And um, I tell people it's like a combination of a workers comp and liability claim. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Well, I'm going to I'm going to let Mr. Gonzalez get a little little bit of action here. So <laughs> go ahead, Rafael. It's your turn. Thanks, Yvonne. Man, Barry, I um, I love I love that experience because it I mean, it, it absolutely shows for all of us. And we have a lot of folks who listen to the podcast who are brand new to the insurance industry, brand new to workers comp. And sometimes you know, they, they feel like, or they tell us that they feel like, you know, what skill set do I have that belongs here? My training, you know, doesn't correlate exactly. My experience doesn't quite fit in. And I think you're the perfect guy to deliver this message, right? That no matter what your background, no matter what your experience, no matter what you've done before, our insurance industry in all aspects and components of it, we need you, right? And, and you're a perfect example of how that gets transformed over many years, but nonetheless in an industry and into leadership position and the amazing things you know that you have done and are continuing to do at one of the world's greatest companies. So I mean, I, I want you to talk a little bit about that, right? How do you transform from you know literally wanting to become an architect to having a degree in marketing to you are the vice president of risk management at Disney World. How does that happen? Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of things, right? And so, you know, when I talk to students now, especially, you know, I like speaking to risk management students. And I went up to Florida State uh, a couple months ago and, you know, they're asking me about how I got started. And, you know, I knew nothing about insurance or claims, um, but, you know, I was willing to learn and and. And fortunately, Aetna had a great program, a training program where they sent me to Connecticut for two weeks to Hartford to learn. But really, it was about, you know, being a, listening to people, you know, when they had things to teach you, you got to you got to pay attention and listen. 
and being flexible and, and be willing to do things, work hard, right? But be willing to do things that other people weren't necessarily willing to do. And I'm, I'm very competitive, but I'm quietly competitive. And so I was always measuring myself up against my peers. But uh, I, I tell those students that you guys are way so, so far ahead of me than I was at, at that age, right? They're in a risk management program. They already know a lot of, of what I had to learn over the first maybe five years of my career. They already, they know it. And so it's really just, um, it, for me, it was just being a good student of the industry and wanting to learn. And really my niche was in investigations. And so uh, once I became kind of good at investigating liability claims, that led me to other roles, right? And so some of it's finding your niche, what you're good at. Uh, in our industry, your niche can be a lot of things because our industry is so wide. And so there's a lot of things you can do, whether it's claims, underwriting, whatever it is, just, you know, get good at something and then that will lead you to your next thing. Love that. I, I, I saw when you posted, Barry, that you had visited the FSU school up there. And I mean, they've got a, a world renowned risk management program. It is fabulous and successful. Um, we've got a much smaller one here at the University of South Florida in Tampa, and I've spoken to the students over there, and, and you are so right about how far along they are at that age that we were, right? No, it's almost incredible how, man, they are ready to tackle, right, risk management issues as compared to most of us who had to sit for a while, listen, wise open, and and learn and learn you know the the concept the ideas so it's it's I love that pretty pretty amazing um, conceptually right what they've already been talking about versus what we had to learn early on. You have had in your career now here such varied components of risk management. Um, how does right? The liability aspect of, of things differ or are they similar to the workers' comp? How does, you know, the marine component you're talking about here, how does that differ from comp? Like, very seldom do we get to talk to somebody who's really, you know, doing all these other things beyond comp in the risk management arena. We wanted to learn from you. Maybe give us similarities, differences. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, um, they're, they're, the big difference is I'll, I'll compare liability and workers comp first, right? So um, there is really so much more investigation, right? That so, but I, I tell people like you know when you think about liability claims, it's really three things, right? It's investigation, right? Finding out what happened, and then it's evaluation, right? How much is this claim really worth? And then it's putting those two things together to negotiate, right? To get this, this claim resolved. And so uh, to a certain extent in workers' comp, you kind of take away that investigation part. You need to, to, to know facts, right? But you don't have to, to prove anything in this case. You, you, you're, you're gonna take care of this injured worker in here, we call them injured cast members. You're gonna take care of them. And so that, that's the biggest difference too, is that on the liability side, you're not involved in their, their care really at all. Um, you just, you get bill, you get a big package of settlement demand package at the end. But one good thing about workers comp is you really do get to, to take care of people, right? You get to make sure that they, they get good care and hopefully they get back to work. And so, and so that's, that's something that, and, and our, our crew claims, 
on cruise line are very similar because we want people to get back to work. And so we always tell people that, you know, we kind of use the, um, the mom test for our providers, right? We only send our cast and crew to people that we would send our mom to. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something that ties them all together. Like on liability, we only, again, we don't have control over who they go see as a doctor. Um, but on the, on the crew claim side and on the, workers comp we do and so we want to make sure we get the best providers that we can get so we can get people back to work um and liability claims are just more contentious right like there's more arguing over the medical treatment since we didn't have a hand in the medical treatment there's also arguing over was it our fault or not and so it's just way more contentious but uh at the core you know one thing i tell my 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 folks here is that no matter what kind of claim it is, we need to treat people fairly, treat people, you know, courteously. Um, and that will tie through everything that we do. Love that. Mary, I've known you for a long while, you know, from a public uh, perspective, you have been such a leader in our industry. I've, I've seen you, heard you speak. You know, I, I knew that you were up there at FSU here recently. I think in December at WCI, you were part of a panel, you know, that, that uh, I was a part of on, uh, on DI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. So you, you, both from a substantive perspective of the law, of the claims, right? You, you're a leader. And, and I see you now beyond that, right, in, in this, um, you know, social components, the issues that are touching us every day as, as humans, as a society, as businesses, you know, you have become a real, a voice that I think a lot of folks listen to. So I, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about where are we as an industry in that regard, right? Um, bringing on new folks, women, minorities, folks of color, like, where are we along the spectrum? Have we just got started? Is it getting better? Give me your, your cause you, you, you touch in a worldview perspective so much of this. I wanna hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's getting better. Um, I think that there are things that happen, right? That, that accelerate, they're accelerators, right? And so uh, the unfortunate, Unfortunately, George Floyd incident was an accelerator for not just our industry, but a lot of industries, right? Um, but we can unfortunately have things that are, they're kind of hit or miss, right? So they start off with good intentions and then organizations lose interest. And so one of the things that when we started talking about the things we would do here at Disney, um, I always said, hey, this is a great plan, but I want to see what's going to look like in two years, right? Is it going to be, you know, the flavor of the month or is it going to, be sustained. And so I think that um, I see companies in our industry paying a lot of attention to DE&I, um, but how long will that be sustained, right? Will that be the way we're doing business going forward, or is it going to be something that's a program that will end, right? And so I, I think companies are paying more attention to it. Um, I see companies reaching out to HBCUs and Hispanic serving institutions and you know, people forget about other other um, dimensions of diversity. You know, I had an opportunity to speak at Gallaudet University, and uh, you know, it's a school for the deaf and hard of hearing. And so, um, well, I didn't get to go there. I had to do it by Zoom. 
uh, because we were still in the middle of COVID then, but I, I promised that I would go there and uh, speak to them again at some point. And so we have to make sure that one, we're reaching out to organizations and, and schools that maybe we haven't done so much in the past. Um, the other thing is that once we, we hire this talent, right, we have to keep them, right? We have to find ways to retain them and make them feel part of the culture when they get there. Um, we have to make sure they have promotional opportunities. Um, and it's, it's simple, right? Cause it's not like they're asking for anything different. They just want to be treated fairly, just like everybody else. And so it's how you do that, right? And understanding that people are different, cultures are different. How does your organization adapt to be able to, to have a place where everybody belongs? Love it. Love it. Almost as a follow to that, Barry, I want to ask about, and I think you've already mentioned it, you know, COVID, what, what a, man, you talk about upside down, right? Yeah. Uh, so what, as an international company, you know, and, 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 and you said it, the length of time that some of your major, you know, parts of it were down, Help me understand, how does, how does a, a, a company survive that? How do you plan for it? What have you learned from it? What's the lesson that we take away from it? Yeah, I think we've learned so much. I, I think first in terms of planning, um, I don't know that any organization had a specific plan for a pandemic like this. Uh, I'm sure there was more short-term planning because you, you would never think that a pandemic would last this long. Uh, but I think... Um, just in the way that we conduct our business, we are always planning for uh, things that are, that are unseen. And so I, I think our organization uh, benefited a lot from its diversity and what I mean is diversity of businesses, right? So as we entered into the pandemic, Disney Plus was starting to bloom, right? And so we had another way to, to uh, reach out to our guests and to our public and our customers uh, and, and that part of the business you know, soared. Um, if you'll remember, uh, and we also have ESPN plus, right. And so I remember one of the first things that I binged was the Michael Jordan last dance, um, um, series. Right. And so, um, that part of our business supported us when we couldn't go to theme parks and we couldn't go to movie theaters and, and things like that. And so I think that was really big for us. Um, you know, we're still struggling. Two of our parks are closed uh, right now, um, Shanghai and Hong Kong. And so, um, you know, we've been adapting, right? And we've been shifting resources and, and you know, doing everything we can to make sure that um, where something is down, that we're, we're focusing on other parts of the business, making, shoring them up. So interesting. I'm sorry, Yvonne. I know that. I, I mean, I could talk to Barry forever. I just, uh, you know, such incredible. I was just about to put up the, all right, you got to stop. Sorry. <laughs> Let me go. I'll keep asking. But it was, no, no, no. It was good conversation. You know, thanks, Barry, for sharing. Um, that was one of my questions. That, you know, how, how does an organization like Disney wrap their head around, you know, what, like you said, what we're still moving through in terms of the pandemic? It's, um. It's, it's our cast and our employees, right? We have people that work here that, that are just devoted to our company. Yes. So that, that makes it so much easier. Um, yeah. And so we have an organization that have to take care of them too. 
Well, I can remember, I will share that um, in the fall of 2020, my youngest daughter and I um, visited the Epcot Park and I was feeling pretty uncertain about it because, you know, things were still pretty, you know, we're living in Florida, you know, and, you know, we're always joking around how, yeah, there's no, there's no COVID that exists in Florida, right? <laughs> but I was, a, I was one of those people that was like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure how to feel about this, but I can tell you that that experience going to Disney, both at the uh, hotel, we stayed at a, at a hotel on the Disney property. And we also, um, you know, went to Epcot for the day. And I, by the first hour, I was feeling so at ease the way that the park, um, you know, cast members were handling everything. It just really went better than I could have imagined um, from start to finish. So kudos to you guys, because at a time where I was thinking this is going to be a train wreck, um, it was not. It was very enjoyable. And uh, we were able to break out for a couple of days and, and get over there and get some Disney fun in. Well, I'm glad you had fun on your visit. And it's a testament to the team that we have here. You know, we have uh, a very robust health and safety team and our chief medical officer and her team and uh, just everybody that gets involved in making sure those things go right. Um, and I can't imagine working out in the operation during that time. I know. Well, I mean, to tell you, they were on it. Like I can remember because they, they were very good about po- there were signs posted and cast members were actively reminding guests to be if you were not actively drinking or eating, you had to have your mask on. And there were a couple of times, you know, Lord knows you guys know me. I linger and I'll do some things that I should, you know, longer than I should. And I got, I got onto a couple of times by some cast members like, ma'am, put your mask on. <laughs> and I was, I was, grateful for that. About you. <laughs> I was grateful for that. No, it is, it's a, t- it's a tough job out there, but uh, you know, those people are the ones who make the magic, right? So they, they make sure that your experience is great. And sometimes they might have to nudge you in one way or another, but uh no, it, it was remarkable that we could get back open and um, get people here as quickly as, as we did. Yeah, it was great. And I was just at the uh, first time ever I was at Disneyland in February. And that was also a very enjoyable experience. So. Believe it or not, our time is coming to an end. And we all, Raphael and and I say this every single time. And I would say you are no exception. We could talk to you for hours and hours. It feels like it's only been a minute, Um, Mm -hmm. but really appreciate your time. We know you're busy and um, it's good to see you and and great to, to have you as our guest. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to have you all invite me onto your podcast and uh, good to see you and talk to you as always. Yes, I agree. So let's see. Oh, we got a couple more questions. Two things. So first, Barry, tell me about what career accomplishment are you most proud of? Wow, I think I'm doing it right now. Um, you know, getting to lead the whole team. You know, I've, I've, uh, I kind of grew up in this organization. You know, I only spent six or seven years at Aetna before I came here and now 25 years here. So to be leading the whole uh, team here is, is certainly significant and something that I, I take really seriously and I'm still learning as I go. That's amazing. Well, congrats um, on, on this. I forget when you said, when did you say you, that was in the end of 2020, you? That was, that was August of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Well, congrats, man. I know like, like we were talking about earlier, I know we saw you in December, but it was a blur to me. I barely think I even 
said hi. Um, so that's awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to hear more. And then tell our listeners, we always like to, you know, end on a fun note as well. Tell us something we do not know about Barry Dillard. Wow. What to tell you. All right. Here's something very few people know. So for one year, while I was at Hampton University, I was a cheerleader. Yeah. You heard it here first. I, I lost a bet. And uh, so the bet was I had to go try out. And, uh, you know, I've been a, a, a fairly successful high school football player. And so I had to go try out for cheerleading because I lost uh, the bet. And there was no way at that they were going to select me, right? They selected me. And so I had to go through with it. And I did it for uh, a, a football season and a basketball season. And you know what? I learned a lot. I made a bunch of new friends that I probably wouldn't have made. And uh, it, it helped me uh, in my in my college career. And so, uh, yeah, sometimes you get nudged into things and they end up being, <laughs> being beneficial. And so, yeah, now. And do you have a new appreciation for what athletes, cheerleaders are? Because I had two daughters. One of them went, she was a cheerleader all the way through high school. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it, it's they're athletes, right? They are. And, and the only reason I was able to get through that season is because I was a fairly decent athlete. I, I wasn't technically, I didn't have good technical cheerleading skills, but uh, I was good with the lifts and I, I didn't drop people. And so I got through it. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I want to see pictures. I, that's what I want to know. Are there pictures out there? I want to see pictures. There are <laughs> pictures, but they're closely guarded. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think I think that's another first, Raphael. Yeah, it is. That's a first for sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Any last words, Mr. Gonzalez? Barry, you really are. You're you're an idol man to so many of us. You're a mentor. You are such an incredible example of how hard work, dedication, you know, putting in your time. And growing within organization, right? Look, look at at who you are, the leader that you've become, you know. And so we all look up to you. So I, I want to say personal things for serving for all of us as that example. And you really are. So just, um, just incredible to know you, and really, really grateful um, that you, you were able to spend a little time with us here, here today. Well, I really appreciate all the flattery and, uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm just trying to get better every day. That's all I'm trying to do. And, you know, well, you're doing team. a good job, Barry. We appreciate you. And, you know, I want, I echo the sentiment. I know there's many times I've called on you to help out with a, a webinar or a seminar. And, um, I might do that again here in the near future. So <laughs> <laughs> people are tired of hearing from me. You need, we need to find support. No, they are not. They are not. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun and I look forward to seeing you real soon in person. Sounds good. I look forward to seeing you both. Thanks, Barry. Hasta right. luego. Take care. Damas y caballeros, gracias por estar con nosotros hoy en Deconstructing Comp, un podcast sobre workers' compensation. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Deconstructing Comp a podcast about workers' compensation. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to give us a rating and a review so others can find us too. Find us on LinkedIn at Rafael Gonzalez or Yvonne Guibert, 
Also, look for us on Twitter at DeconstructConf. Hasta luego.